0: Imagine with me for a second that you didn't check your phone for several hours, and then when you come back and look at it, you've gained several hundred thousand followers on Instagram. That actually happened to my guest today, and he'll share more of that story later, but Christian Huff is joining me today. I've been a huge fan of him for a while, Listen to his podcast, Four Eight Men, which talks about faith and fitness, and just have learned a ton from him and his guests there. Uh, Christian is a father of one, soon to be two, the husband of Sadie Robertson Huff. And one thing that he has on his bio on his Instagram is if it breaks God's heart, why do you think it will fulfill yours? I just read that from him and great question to be asking yourself, but Christian is just an awesome guy that we can all learn a ton from. We've got some great things we're going to hop into today. I'm your host, Hampton Dorch. It's time for you and me to wake up and lead. Several months ago, one of my friends told me about this guy that was starting a podcast for men training spiritually and physically. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. I'm really passionate about that. And I go and check it a few weeks into it. And I'm seeing guests of the names of Nick Bear, Tim Tebow, Craig Rochelle, my pastor, Miles, Rich Froning. And I'm like, so these are like all of my role models. So I'm just going to listen to all of this like 30 times in a row. But I've got the host of that podcast here today with me, Christian Huff. Welcome to the show.
1: Happy to be here, Hampton. Thanks for having me. I'm thankful that I'm on this end of the podcast. and not not the one doing the interview today, so thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> it's an honor to have you here and really enjoy just learning from you and just the the principle of training physically. Yes, I think that's like super important as men, but even more importantly, spiritually as well. I just love the message yeah. that you're that you're sharing there. Can you tell me just to kick us off a little bit about the four eight men podcast, where that idea came from, what it looks like now?
1: Yeah, thank you, man. So, honestly, the the ideas had a lot of different um, masks, I guess. Maybe you could use that word, if you will. So, really, when COVID hit, I was uh, still in school at Auburn. Didn't really know what I wanted to do yet post-graduating. and City had had a few conversations kind of on what I was going to want to do. And we were at this event. I'll say when COVID hit, I started working out a lot more. Throughout college, I'd worked out a good amount. I was, I was in good shape in college. After graduating and then COVID hit, Really, had not much to do, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to start working out um, more frequently and kind of just train harder to kind of see what I can do. Um, so we were at this event in Texas. Sadie spoke, and the pastor and his wife wanted to take us out of dinner after. And I just requested. I was like, hey, if we could go to a place that has TVs because I wanted to watch the uh, – I think it was Clemson was playing Notre Dame. It was one of Trevor Lawrence's first games of the season. I was like, I really want to watch that game. And they took us to a steakhouse, which was awesome, but there was no TVs. And, uh, he like jokingly said this comment of, I want to hear more about your sports ministry. Cause I was just talking about sports and I was like, I don't have a sports ministry. And it was almost like, it was a jokingly kind of like he was prophesying something. And he said, yeah, you know, you have a sports ministry and you should call it first Timothy four, eight or something like that. Cause that verse is what I'm super passionate about. It's, you know, I have a tattoo on my arm. It's kind of everything that I do now It's the, for physical trainings of some value, but godliness has value for all things. So I left that and I was like, what if I could do um, this idea of a sporting event that you hear the gospel at? Because growing up, I did not want anything to do with church camp or anything like that. But the only reason you could get me to go to stuff was because you could play sports at it, which is kind of funny because I would not care to do anything religious. I just would want to go play flag football or basketball or something. So I was like, what if you reverse engineer that to the idea of how do you have a sports camp that's more funneled towards like athletics, but then you also have ministry moments at, and you have the gospel at. Uh, So that was kind of how the idea kicked off. And then I was like, well, what if I start a podcast, maybe kind of get the name out there, get some branding, and then maybe one day it'll turn into this sports camp idea. And I haven't thought about the sports camp idea in a while, but that's really how the podcast started. I wanted to call it Four Eight Men. I love to train myself physically, but that should never take priority over or overshadow how I train myself spiritually. And also for me at the same time, it's like I have found so much spiritual training in myself while I'm physically training. So while I'm in the gym, I like to listen to sermons or I like to listen to worship. Um, I don't like to fill myself with just negative stuff or rap or hip hop or whatever, mainly just because I know that if I start doing that, then a lot of the focus while I'm training becomes on me and how I look and what people think of me and those kind of things. So when I'm listening to worship, I'm not really – checking out my pump when I'm doing curls or something, and I'm not worrying about if someone's watching me, you know, do squats, if my depth is good, yada, 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 whatever. I've just kind of found if I get myself in the posture of I'm just going to want to worship, then I'm really not thinking about my physical training as much. It's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's the hope of it is like to encourage people like you, whoever's listening to train yourself physically. I'm just trying to encourage you to do that but I want to challenge you to train yourself spiritually. I don't want to challenge you to train yourself physically and then encourage you to train spiritually. I want to do the opposite. I want to encourage you to to go work out. But then while you're doing that, I want to challenge you um, of how you're training yourself spiritually. Are you in the word? Are you worshiping? Uh, You know, are you part of a church? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray with uh, your spouse or your friends or your, your family? Really just trying to challenge young men to, to be the spiritual
0: leaders and to just be men that God's called us to. That's an amazing vision. And I'm sure there's so many stories and examples of how people have learned and have felt that challenge and that calling. We were called for so much more than to just go to the gym and build muscle and do it all for us. You look all over social media now. It's like, that's half of what is on TikTok and whatever. It's just like all about um, fitness, which I think is great and is a huge hobby of mine and yours, but Ultimately, I think that the body like training that can really help you train spiritually as well. I will vouch for your music. I have your worship workout playlist that I've been using lately. It's pretty good. Y'all check it out. It's pretty good. Or would you say that as you have focused really on discipline around your body, are you seeing that fuel your spiritual life? Yeah, that's good. For me, I always just joke about
1: this like... A lot of times, like if I'm training super hard, I feel like that gives me the ability to just eat whatever I want. I'm not the person that's going to go count my macros. I'm not going to put rice on a scale or chicken on a scale and see how much grams, yeah, whatever. I just don't really care about that because I know for me in the past, like I've been unhealthy when I've been super like dialed into being healthy, and nutritious. And I don't think anything's wrong with that, but just for me, it has been healthy. If I'm going to the gym, like after we film this, this episode, I'm going to go do, um, I don't know, some bench and then just some different like row kind of stuff. And then I'll probably do some kind of cardio. And like I'm excited about going to hit those lifts, but I'm also thinking about what's the sermon I can go listen to or this new album by Jeremy Riddle that I've been loving listening to. I've been working out. I'm excited to go just worship in the gym to that. I have my AirPods. I'll turn on the noise canceling like we talked about. And just, I'm, you know. I'm um, just in the zone. And, I, but also if I see someone around me that needs a spot, Hey, do you need a spot? Or if I'm doing a lift or I need someone to spot me, Hey, can you come spot me? And and just having conversations. Cause I've also seen too, like, um, something that I can struggle with is like being in the gym with these high schoolers and these, like these like super like low tank tops. And it honestly like infuriates me, which it's, <laughs> I get, I guess you were cynical, which it's not a good thing I do but it's like, they're just checking themselves out the whole time. And it just drives me crazy. They're doing these like bodybuilding poses and they're like, maybe like a buck 20, like maybe. And I'm like, you know, you're vascular because you're so skinny, but it's kids like that, that have come up to me. If I've been squatting a lot of weight or something, then I've been able to be like, Hey, look, you know, I've seen y'all kind of doing this and just wanted to remind you, like, it's not all about how you look. I've had just plenty of conversations with that. I've had someone, uh, It was kind of, it was probably a year ago where I needed a spot on some bench and he uh, worked at the gym. I said, Hey, can you come spot me? And he was like, yeah, sure. And uh, I just, just simply asked him, Hey, where do you go to church around here? And he was like, Oh, I haven't been to church since COVID. And I was like, well, you work at the gym, you know, like, like you're, you're just as easy to catch COVID here at the gym as you are going to church. And he was like, yeah, I've never thought about that. And then. You know, we, he reached back out a few months later, then we got coffee, then he reached back out a few months later, then I got to baptize him, which was awesome. Um, but stuff like that of like, I don't want to be going to the gym just so I can feel better about myself or try to look better, but it's what conversations can I have today and how can I train myself spiritually? I'm not always the best at that. I mean, there's some times where I'm like, you know what, honestly, I know that I preach worshiping in the gym but sometimes like i just want to go listen to country Like, i don't want to like like maybe I've, maybe I'm having a bad day like i probably should go listen to a sermon i probably should go worship but i'm like i just i just don't want to think about anything and sometimes like i'll neglect conversations um but it's those moments where like it's the conviction that i'm like i know i need to be doing something different i know that i maybe should have asked this kid a question and i chose not to um and honestly, yeah, I mean, a lot of the gym time is just reflection and just times of conviction for me as well as, uh, you know, praising God and worshiping and just being in my own thoughts of what am I, you know, what have I been doing good lately at? What do I feel like I'm struggling with? Um, who can I reach out to talk to some of these things about? And, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of just become times of meditation and just reflection as well as, um, yeah, training my body physically because I do think we're supposed we're called to be good stewards. Um, but at the same time, I want to be practicing my spiritual life and my faith and reading because I want to be a good husband and a good father. If I'm going to carve out an hour and a half a day to go stretch, go to the gym, I don't want that hour and a half just to go to waste to me trying to better myself to you know look better at the beach or the mirror or whatever.
0: What I'm hearing you say is it's either – about you and your relationship with God or who you can impact around you. I think you mentioned you fall into this. I fall into this a lot too. It's like if you're listening to a certain kind of music or you know, you're know, you wearing a tank top to see what you look like and everything, it's easier to fall into that temptation. Guys, I don't know if you've seen Christian, but he's lifting more weight than any of these other people in the gym, okay? So it's like you, I, right. I, I think the level of humility that you have to be able to show up, throw some weight around, but also not make it about you and just say, God, give me eyes to see for the high school kid that needs to hear that it's not all about how he looks. I think that's yeah. great. And I think even like, as I've heard you talk about some of these things on your podcast, one of the things that I've been doing, I really do think, I, I don't think somebody mentioned this, but I got this idea of how can I make my visit to the gym not all about me? And so I got the notes app on my phone. I got a lifetime here in Birmingham and I wrote, I called it Lifetime Friends. And every week I have to add at least one person to there. I partially write their name down because I don't want to forget their names. Cause I feel like if you can remember someone's name, it's super impactful, but also it's like, if I meet, I got to meet somebody and I got to put their name down because I think that the popular thing to do at the gym is like, and you know, you got, um, you're lifting weights and you're feeling super manly and all that stuff. And so it's easy to just like walk around have a mean mug on your face and look down at the ground. But like, what would it look like to, Wave or smile at another guy, or ask somebody questions. Like I just don't think that's normal. And so, like the way that you're being, like in the world but not of it, is I mean, you're set. You're setting an example, and I'm I'm feeling super challenged by that. Yep. And by the way, the the cool thing is, these guys like Christian is like legit. We were talking about this before. Your sub five minute mile, five hundred pound back squat. I know you probably talked about this a lot. You may not want to, but I really have to get the listeners to hear this. Um, if you don't brag on yourself, I will brag on you, for you. But I wanna hear just like a little bit about that journey and, and what you learned from that.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll share that in a second. Yeah, well, cause two things I was gonna say from the other thing, you know, my wife and I are building a house right now and I'm gonna wanna do a home gym in our garage. And I've kind of just, yeah, I'm like, I don't want any mirrors in the garage. You know, the gym we have now, it's like every wall is just mirrors. And I'm like, I don't wanna be just looking at myself while I'm lifting. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, we're all following that mindset. If I'm doing curls or if I'm doing, you know, a movement or whatever, and I'm close to the mirror, like we're all prone to inclined to like, you know, how do we look when we're doing that? And yeah, we're about, I'm about to just kind of build out this little home gym and I'm like, I don't want any mirrors in it. Um, and then, yeah, what I was going to say too, cause something I even, I'm a struggle with like we we're just talking about, you know, the high school kid that wears the tank top. It's like, but then on, on the flip side of the coin, you know, it's, you can have pride when, and if, if I'm looking at it from, from the standpoint of like, cause I'm still thinking about myself, right? If I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to wear a sweatshirt. Like, I'm not like this kid who's wearing a tank top, but then you think you're better, but then you're still thinking about yourself. Cause you're, you're trying like not to like prove a point that, you know, that you're in good shape, but then the whole time you're still thinking about yourself, you know, so whether you're in the high school, they like doing bodybuilding poses or you're the guy wearing a sweatshirt, like the motive is if if the motive is still your, you know thoughts aren't thoughts about yourself then they're still sinful. So I've kind of had to find the balance of just where, I I mean I don't ever wear a tank top to the gym. I'm, I'm I'm just not that guy. I'll never be that guy. But regardless, um, you know trying to get in the headspace where I'm like I don't want to be thinking about myself, regardless, you know, um, because yeah, it's like that idea of you know even even like videos, it's like you know, will these kids get lighting and post videos? Um, but then if you're thinking like, but I'm not doing that, like you're still thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I just wanted to add that to that. The 500 pounds sub five minute mile was, uh, a bruiser. It was a terrible I say sub five. I was not sub five. I was, you know, five or seven. So I was seven seconds off of doing what I trained four and a half months for, um, but my friend Adam Klink was the first person to uh, accomplish it, I think, back in 20, uh, maybe 2019, maybe 2020. And only two people have ever done it. It was a challenge by Dave Castro, who at the time, like, ran the CrossFit Games. And the proposal was, like, the idea of, like, an elite athlete, right? So you have the bodybuilder who can squat 1,000 pounds. And then you have someone who can go run a sub-three-hour marathon or something like that. Then if you blend the two, you have somebody that can squat five hundred pounds and somebody that can run a sub five minute mile. Like that's the idea of like someone who's like peak athleticism or whatever. So, I had a buddy sign me up for a powerlifting competition back in June, and um, I had had a goal. I've been tra- I trained for that March, April, May, and then did it in June, and I had a goal to squat five hundred pounds. And at the competition, I did it, and then after that, I was like do I want to start training for something else? Cause I, cause I had fun training and I've kind of shared this in my podcast as well. For me, I, it helps me also to not think about myself so much if I'm like training for a goal, like with the competition or with the basketball, the mile, like I was training because I actually had to go do it. If I wanted to reach my goal, it's not like, you know, I'm just going to go do chest and back or buys and tries or whatever. Like I'm, I've set this goal and I'm going to go do these workouts specifically tailored to help me reach the goal, which in turn for me, helps me not thinking about think about aesthetics as much or what I look like or whatever. So back in June, I was like, man, well, I'm halfway, you know, I know, I know my, my buddy Adam did this comp, did this challenge, the 500 pounds sub five I'm halfway there. You know, I've done the 500 pound basketball and I always got to run sub five and I was not a, i was not a runner. I don't think I've ran a mile before that moment since like high school. Um, and I'm a bigger guy, you know, I'm 62 two fifteen So I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with running. Um, so July, August, September, October, I started just, yeah, running three days a week and squatting super heavy two days a week. And, uh, yeah, it took so much out of me mentally, physically. Um, <clears throat> my legs were like, I feel like they were just mad at me every day. Um, because I just really never gave them a break. It was a love-hate relationship. And, uh, yeah, I gave it a try back in uh, early November. Um, Hit the 500 pounds and came up, yeah, seven seconds on the mile. But it was, uh, yeah, it was tough. And it was one of those things, like, when I first started it, I really thought that I was going to have these, like, spiritual moments, like, along the journey of, like, the suffering and, like, you know, the discipline. Uh, But honestly, I'd never had that and I, I, I hate to say that, but I, cause I really wish I did, but I really just didn't. Like, I just honestly did not enjoy it at all. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like actually like super miserable. Like I would come home and I'd just be like laying on the couch, like miserable. Like my, my shins were like in the worst pain. My knees would be hurting from squatting. And I was like, I just would be like, why am I doing like, why am I doing this? And I was, you know, then I would come back. Well, I've, told people i'm gonna do it i've been training to do it i'm just gonna just keep going and then after uh you know pivot or change just do whatever and and kind of not really look back um yeah i really did not have many spiritual like cool moments of like the suffering or like this is super difficult and i really wish i did but honestly i didn't i'm happy it's over with and uh yeah i'm just training for fun for a little bit and I, uh, maybe I'll do something else in the future, but right now I'm just, just
0: going to lift and having fun. I can only imagine how difficult that is. And I just want to reiterate the amount of, I think that there's a certain level of like preparation, obviously that it would take to be able to do this, but we all have like, my track coach used to say this, we all have two P's. One is potential, the other is preparation. There's only so many people in the world that I believe even have the potential to squat 500 pounds and run a sub five minute mile. Like there is a very, very small percentage of people, two people ever have done this. And so the fact that you were that close to doing it is just incredible. I was telling Christian before this, I I almost felt a little bit like convicted or challenged as I've watched him on this journey, because I think that I am, I like to be comfortable trying to be like above average. I feel like I'm just like comparing myself to other people sometimes when it comes to fitness or whatever I'm doing, but I don't put like, a really bold, kind of scary goal out there because I'm afraid of failure or I don't wanna have to be as disciplined or I'm afraid that I'm gonna have a lot of excuses or something. One thing I appreciate is that you said, hey, I don't know what's gonna happen, but like, I'm gonna go for this. And hey, 350,000 people that are watching this as I've posted this on Instagram, like. Hold me accountable. And sure, like you were a couple seconds off. I just think if we boldly declare our goals to other people, there's a lot of great things that can happen from there. And I love what you said about the training too. It takes the attention off of yourself. Right now I'm in this kind of like no man's land of, yeah, I'm showing up to train because I want to be fit and all that, but it's easy to make it about you if you're not like training for something. I'm learning a lot. You're sharing a lot of really good stuff. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, because I could
1: have been like, you know, I could have been... uh had less body fat, been more vascular, whatever, but then not been anywhere close to my goal. Or, you know, I could be a little less aesthetically, whatever, but I'm closer to the goal that I set out to reach. I think you got to kind of choose. For me, I've just kind of found that training just to look good has never not been healthy uh, for me. So trying to set, I mean, and goals could be anything, you know, like you said, running a marathon or setting, um, you know, a sub three-hour marathon or a sub... Three hour and 30 minute marathon or whatever, or I want to go bench 300 pounds, or I want to go squat 500. Like when I was squatting 500, like my legs were super strong, but like my upper body was not as strong. So like I was not as big as I had been, you know, in my shoulders or up here, but my legs were, you know, super big. And it was like that was just a trade off I was willing to take because that was what I, that was what I, you know, that was what I wanted to do. Uh, In the same, like now I'm kind of wanting to, I'm, Kind of taking squats off less, and my legs have gotten a little smaller. But my upper body is getting a little bit bigger again because I'm doing more bench and kind of more upper body stuff. That's just the trade-off, you know. Setting those little incremental goals and uh, try not to become too obsessive with it, too obsessed with it. Just have fun doing it because, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had fun training, I've had not fun training, and I mean, obviously, you know, I think I also think our generation too. It's like you don't want to do anything difficult because there's like suffering involved with it. But I do think there's a difference between like doing difficult things and suffering versus like being in and borderline depressed. I do think that there's like a fine line between like, man, this is super hard, but I'm enjoying it versus I actually like I'm not enjoying this at all. And I'm like, not in a good spot, you know? So I think you have to just reevaluate things like that too. And yeah, do what you enjoy doing, but also push yourself uh, to being uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. It's like, we definitely need to address our generation. Uh, Dr. Tim Elmore, somebody had on this podcast and everybody knows what FOMO is, but he taught me FOMU, fear of messing up. That's what he's hearing with a lot of like high schoolers these days. Like, I I don't wanna mess up. Like, I don't wanna take a risk. I don't wanna work hard. And I mean, I, I even feel that a lot too, but also you've got to be mindful of how is this affecting the rest of my life? And if we look at the different domains of our life, I'd like to look at them in the reference of body, being as in my relationship with God, balance, family relationships, and the business work. I so often, if we're like, if you're just killing yourself in the in the body section, then that could bleed into like I heard you you said borderline depressed. What kind of husband, father does that make you? So I think that like, there's no perfect balance. There's no perfect person. But I know that like, all of these domains of our life fuel each other. um Which I yeah, think is important real. to it's think like, about. I mean, if
1: I if I happen to hit the goal. But then I neglected time away from Sadie and Honey, and I wasn't a good husband or a father in those four months. Then then I could have cared less if I reached my goal, you know, but still being within range of what I'd set out to do, but also still being in a healthy spot in my marriage and helping her with her pregnancy. Because we're expecting another kid now, um, another child now, or baby, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, but like still being able to, you know, provide in those areas. While also still doing what I'm passionate about doing, and that's just yeah, it's also the way to look at it. It's like well if i had if I had done it, but then I look back and it was like my marriage was unhealthy, me and honey haven't gotten any closer the last four months, then I could have cared less if I reached the goal or not, but still making sure my priorities are the priorities, you know faith, family fitness, and I never want to put fitness above my family, and I don't want to ever put it above my faith So just kind of just yeah re- always reevaluating your priority list, and just being consistent. I think a lot of times we uh, just can be inconsistent people. I think you can be consistent and even not be disciplined. I think those can even be different things. Because um, I think I'm disciplined, but I would say I'm more consistent than I am disciplined. Like, you know, I don't wake up at the same time every day, uh, but typically I do the same thing every single day. Um, I would love to wake up earlier, uh, but just having a baby that wakes up uh, honey just doesn't sleep the best um so sometimes i'll wake up at seven sometimes it's nine sometimes it's eight whatever uh so i'm not disciplined in that and i'm not disciplined what time i go to sleep sometimes it's 11 sometimes it's one whatever uh but i try to be consistent with the things that i know that i could be consistent with i think that people aren't consistent and i think that we need people to be more consistent with the things that they say they're going to do and the things that they enjoy
0: doing yep you're right. I, I I love consistency and I think that one guy that I look up to, he said that he had seven different people ask him seven different questions on the same day and the answer to all seven of them was in one way or another consistency. I think that a lot of us we just like look for an easy button, but in reality it's just small consistent showing up every single day and that's really in every area of life and we could certainly talk more about that, but I definitely want to hear some of your of your story i've heard you talk about on a podcast before but um whether you want to talk about what it was like growing up or when you got to auburn or meeting sadie just i just i want to hear some of that some of your testimony so whatever you feel prompted to share yeah uh
1: there's a lot of um in-depth details into all of those little uh little things (laughs) um yeah so growing up my uh i had two awesome parents um had an awesome brother. I'm still super close with. He's still alive. I don't know why I said I had an awesome brother. I have an awesome (laughs) brother, but growing up, I had an awesome brother. Went to church every Sunday, um, did VBS, did all the stuff growing up, did upward basketball. Um, but I, I say that to say like a lot of my stuff with faith just became contingent on like doing these things. So like going to church, being part of the youth group, uh, going to church camp, all these different things. And, I really just thought that my life – like, I was a Christian. I was a believer because I uh, – like, obviously, I, I believed in God. I knew that God was real. Um, but I – and I knew Jesus died on the cross. Like, it, it, it's it's such a weird thing, man. Like, I I have memories of, like, myself, like, crying in the shower to, like, some, like, old, like, Hillsong worship songs. Yeah. About Jesus. But then again, like, I was just such a sinful dude. Like, So it's, it's such a weird – I don't know why nothing ever clicked for me. Um, and I really just thought, like, I could love Jesus, but also do whatever I want to do because I love Jesus. Like, it's just just weird, and I think a lot of people do that. Um, yeah, so went through middle school, went through high school, um, uh, addicted to pornography, women, smoked weed a decent amount. Uh, I didn't have a drinking problem. I mean, I I would go to parties and like, drink, but I never had, like, a drinking problem, I would say. But I love going to parties, love hanging out with my friends, doing all that kind of fun stuff, uh, fun stuff. And yes, yeah, so I got to college at this moment, my senior year of high school, um, where I knew that the stuff I was doing was wrong. I repented from it, but it still had such a stronghold in my life. Um, and I kind of just think just about the parable of the sower, like, I received the word with joy. Like I'd obviously had heard the gospel so many times, but something about this one weekend, like I received it with joy, but then just immediately fell away. You know, the moment that I'd had friends make fun of me or, uh, you know, ridicule me or whatever, um, I would kind of fall back into the stuff that I was doing. Um, so I got to college and just kind of had the mindset of, I'm going to live it up, but also try to be involved in the church. Um, you know, best four years of my life, whatever. um, And a few months in, I was at this fraternity party, and uh, I had said I I was going to be a dry pledge when I got to college, which basically just means, like, I'm not going to be drinking. Um, But I was definitely drinking. And I was at a party. I was on a porch by myself shotgunning beers, basically just trying to get hammered as quick as possible. This guy in my fraternity walked out and just said, like, hey, I thought you didn't drink. Uh, Like, not to, like, call me out or, like, you know. You need to repent, but it was literally just like, "Hey, you said you're gonna be a dry pledge, and then you're shotgunning beers." I thought you, you know, that's those two don't align. Whatever. And for some reason, something in like that moment, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I don't drink." Then I walked back to my dorm, and then I was like, "It was really my first—I don't say it was my first, but it was my realist like come to Jesus moment of like, what am I doing with my life?" Um, after that, really everything in my life changed. I got a completely new friend group. Really, just cut ties with the group I was kind of running with. In got super plugged in with my church, got super plugged in with our Bible study, had an awesome community, and really just started diving in my relationship with Jesus. Started reading a lot more. This is when I first started going to the gym, and I would listen to a sermon for miles. Like, I never would have ever imagined I'd be going to the gym listening to a sermon. I was a big, uh, yeah, I was I was a big future fan at the time. (laughs) <laughs> um, I just would like to go to the gym. And just listen to Future. Uh, I don't know who gets me more fired up, like Miles or Future. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, Miles could do it. <laughs> you, yeah, Miles could do it. I, Future has some pretty awesome stuff that uh, I don't listen to it anymore. Uh, but he did. I'm sure he still does. Um, yeah. So that was my freshman year of college. Obviously, I had some hiccups after that. But my life, the trajectory of my life, looked different. It's, it's basically the idea of like, I was no longer no longer like living in sin. Like, yes, I was still mess up and screw up but it didn't have that stronghold in my life like it had had before um and i really did feel like a new creation like what the bible talks about um obviously i still had plenty of struggles with my past i had a lot of guilt a lot of shame that i had to work work through but i did feel like god freed me from a lot of that stuff like i said that was my freshman year met sadie the summer after my sophomore year leading in my junior year met her in July. My yeah almost my junior year and then started dating back in September. So September, my junior year, then dated long distance throughout my junior year and then got engaged in June after my junior year and then engaged long distance for those uh few months. Well, me and Sadie got engaged. I was actually living in, I was living here for the summer where I'm at now, West Monroe actually in this place, building duck calls for the summer, which is kind of funny. Um, so summer we got engaged. I was here building duck calls and then got engaged, then moved back. I went back to school at Auburn and then we were engaged. Yeah. Five months and then got married in November of my senior year. And then COVID hit in March. The rest is just kind of history. We've just been here ever since and all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, me and Sadie met, um, started dating and then, yeah, life just really got crazy, um, you know, after that. It's kind of funny. We hadn't shared anything on social media for the first. Um, so we started dating in September. And we didn't post anything till March. Or I think I posted something in February. She, but I didn't tag her. I didn't, like, put any. I turned off my comments or whatever. Um, and then she first posted something in March. And it was actually really funny. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever shared this. It was really funny because we were on a ski trip. And she was coming in from Israel because she had done something with um, a group in Israel. I don't know what she posted. It was like a coming out of like, we're dating kind of thing. We've been dating since whatever. And I left my phone at the house to go skiing. And I came back and I had literally gained a hundred thousand (laughs) followers in like, in a few hours of just being, of just skiing. When we met, I think I had like 7,000 followers maybe. Like literally, I just because she wasn't there yet, and uh, I, we just went skiing just with the rest of the family. Left my phone there, and I came back, and I had like a hundred, like fourteen thousand followers or something like that. So that's kind of when everything kicked off from like a social media, quote unquote, fame thing, uh, if you will. Um, yes, yeah, so that was in March. Yeah, the other not gotten engaged. Uh, April, May, June. Yeah, three months later. Wow
0: oh my gosh that i bet your phone was just like breaking at that moment um (laughs) oh yeah no it was i it it was it was insane
1: oh my goodness
0: yeah i mean what what did that what did that look like i mean just to go from just kind of a regular guy that's got an instagram or whatever to all of a sudden it's like oh my goodness there's because i mean it makes sense that there's you know however many million, three, four, five million people following Sadie. it's like a, yeah. you know, it would make sense that at least 10% of them like, yeah, I'll follow this guy. She's, he's dating him. So or yeah. dating her. But what did that, I mean, what did that look like? Well, I think for me, I had, had so much time leading up. Like,
1: obviously I knew at some point um, that we were going to get engaged, that we were going to get married. So I knew at some point that, that that would come. I just really did not know when. Like I said, I had had eight months of time with, like, my closest friends, like, with, meeting with Miles, our pastor, um, like, really making sure that I was in a healthy spot before, you know, I, I say healthy spot, this healthy spot of, like, am I ready for, like, quote, unquote, fame? Like, am I ready for attention for whatever? And a lot of it, yeah, just came down through community with my guy friends and, you know, meeting with my mentors and, like. Fame is not going to ultimately change who I am or what I do. Um, all it is is just give me a platform that means more people are watching what I do. you so don't be an idiot kind of thing. I think maybe from the get-go, if that had happened, it would have been a different story. But I think because I'd had so much time to prepare for, you know, when that might come one day. And I'd had so many conversations. I'd had so much prayer time with the Lord. I'd had so many, you know, quiet time conversations and so many just moments where, uh, I really felt like I was in a good spot when, when ultimately that all went down. It, it was surreal, in, in and in a moment, in a way of like, I can't believe that, like, that just happened. But also, it I didn't like, I didn't get a big head from it. Like, a, it wasn't like a, you know, like an egotistical like, oh, I feel better by myself or I feel cooler or whatever. It just kind of just happened. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty interesting. But maybe if that had happened earlier on, then maybe it could have. Could have been a different story, but I don't, I don't I still don't think it would have been. But thankfully I'd had several months to prepare for like for that to happen. Um mm-hmm. and then when it happened, it wasn't like detrimental to my mental health or uh you know anxiety or anything like that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that this just came to my mind because I know a lot of you listening may be in college or a little bit out of college or something, and like this podcast is cold wake up and lead. Here's the thing though, most of us probably don't have some sort of leadership title in our organization. You may not be somebody's boss. You're probably at like the bottom of the totem pole. But like, if you listen to what Christian did, it's like he was meeting with the pastor of his church. He had mentors and he was preparing himself. He was leading himself to say when that moment comes, whether it's getting a hundred thousand dollars or whether it's getting a promotion or whether it's meeting the person you're supposed to marry, it's like, I'm going to be ready as opposed to, kind of drifting through life. And then when that big moment comes, maybe you're not ready for it. And I just think it's really cool that like you were really preparing for that and seeking the Lord for how he was gonna use you. And I know that you haven't been perfect, but like, it sounds like you were, you were ready to step up to the plate. And maybe I thought it was gonna be like a, like a 92 mile an hour fastball and ended
1: up being like a 102, or uh, maybe you could use that kind of analogy. Um, but I still made contact with it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't swing and whiff, which is, uh, which is cool. Thankfully I was in a healthy spot. I was in a good spot. And when that happened, it, uh, didn't crush me. Like I think it can for a lot of people who get a platform kind of overnight that don't know how to, uh, you know, really handle it or really how to, um, you know, kind of cope with that. If you can maybe say that like that. Um, I think it just can crush you if you're not in a healthy spot and if you think it's all about you.
0: Yeah. What does that, what does that look like just from a, um, you know, whether you start reading comments, cause I imagine there's lots of like praise and fans, but there's probably persecution too, and pressure and just what have some of those experiences been like?
1: Yeah. So, um, obviously I don't have near as many followers as Sadie does, or I don't have, I don't have near as many people that comment. Uh, honestly, I block so many people like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's kind of like, I, I'm not happy to say that. I mean, I, I laugh about it, but you know, if someone comments something like negative about you know, something I usually just, I don't, I'm like, I don't have time. I'm just going to block. I don't, I don't have time for that. Uh, but yeah, thankfully none have been like too, too bad. I mean, I've definitely had some like awful, awful ones. Um, just, yeah, I I don't want to say what they've been. Um, but yeah, we don't go through our DMS. Like if I, uh, you know, like there's like the request thing on your inbox. Um, and it's like people who just, you know, can just DM you, whatever. We don't go through those. Um, I get DMS from people that I'm friends with and people that I follow. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, most of the time, I mean, my comment section is nothing like crazy. I don't have thousands and thousands of comments. I think if I did, I probably wouldn't read them. Um, but most of the time I don't have that many. So I kind of do check them. But like, for instance, like when I killed the deer and went on a hunting trip and I killed the deer, um, back in that was last month. I had some like, just, terrible comments and so when it gets stuff like that i'm like right, i'm done reading it i'm not gonna like keep just checking it to see if you know someone keeps saying something so when things like that happen then i'm like eh, whatever i'm done with it i don't really care about these people's opinions that think it was wrong that i did that um but yeah most of the time um it doesn't really bother because most of the time it's nothing like too too, too bad i honestly don't get that many comments that many comments. Uh, but, yeah, we don't read through DMs. Sadie is a little more hyper-aware of stuff like that. She does read some of her comments just from friends and family and stuff. But, yeah, she like I said, she gets a lot more comments, so she usually doesn't read those. Uh, but, yeah, we both don't check the uh, DM requests from people. Yeah, that's
0: probably wise. I heard Sadie share this on, I think it was Craig Rochelle's podcast, which is one of my favorite ones, which when I saw you had him as a guest the other day, I was like, man, that's awesome. That was a great episode. But he – you know, I I went through this phase of life where I just knew I was like, I needed to delete my Instagram. I just have to. And so I did. And of course, me being prideful and self-righteous at the time, talking back to at the gym, it's like, well, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I was like, oh, if anyone has social media, they're just, they're just wrong. Or they're just trying to show off their life or whatever. That was my immaturity. At the time I was saying, well, if I can't have it, they can't. However, I do think that there's like this element of social media can be like extremely toxic. And there's some people that just think it's like all bad 100%. But I guess the way that I'm looking at it is like, if if you're given this platform and our calling as Christians is to go and make disciples of all nations, it's like, use it. And I think I heard Sadie just share that like social media, whether you have a platform or not, can be a good thing. You control who you follow. You control how much time that you spend on it. Um, And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. But I think so often our phones and social media are just meant to make us addicted and make us compare. And so there's a lot of toxic things that come from it, but do you have some like advice when it comes to, you know, whether you have some sort of platform or not, just like the way you view social media and interact with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll say too, um, you know, you just talked about the gospel and making disciples of all nations. You know, but I think what Jesus talks about being the light of the world, um, you know, we're called to be light and darkness, right. And if you're never in darkness, um, and if you're only just in the light, then, you know, I don't I don't want to say you're being ineffective, but you're, you're all, you're just, you're being comfortable. I would maybe say. So for social media, it's like, I don't want to have it cause it's, it's dark. Well, you're called to be the light in the darkness. And if you just surround yourself with your, your group of friends and your church, like, and you're not actually going out into the world, you know, that's like, we're, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. Like we're called to go make disciples. Like, we're called to go be in these spaces like, like you will have trouble. The Bible promises that. So I think sometimes we can get so caught up with just wanting to be comfortable that we forget that we're called to be the light in the dark for your job. I don't know really who all works with you, but like most job cultures, like there's worldly people in in, in, in jobs, you know, and you're called to be the light in that darkness. When you go to a restaurant, the hostess or your uh the, the person serving you, whatever, like you're called to be a light in the darkness, wherever you go, we're called to be a light in the darkness. I think sometimes we can take ourselves out of the fight because we don't want to be by, we don't want to be in the midst of any darkness. We just want to be, you know, with our fellow believers and in the church, which is not a bad thing, but you can't be a light in the darkness if you're never around in the darkness. Um, for social media, I think you have to set guidelines for yourself, whether that's, you're addicted to it, try not to look at your explore page or try to set a time limit. And if you reach your time limit, try not to hit, um, you know, whatever the button that says, uh, let me watch, let me look at it for the rest of the day or whatever. So trying to set boundaries for that. And like you said, like if, um, if you look at it before bed, uh, maybe don't sleep with your phone next to you. I think there's so many things that we can do that, that we just choose not to. I think there's a lot of things that we can do that, that help prohibit us from like making real progress. Yeah. I think, I think try not to just post pictures of yourself. Um, Try not to post many selfies of just you try to talk about your actual life. Don't make everything look like you have it all figured out or your life is perfect. I think those are some simple things. You know, if you look at who you're following, if you can like scroll through your following who you're following list and it's like, girls in bikinis girls and whatever then unfollow that like 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 what i like to me that's just so simple you know like if it's if it looks provocative then don't follow them or don't look at it or whatever and if you you know you can't stop looking at instagram then try to set a time limit and try to try to abide by it you know you don't have to do something like 10 minutes a day but start out with like 30 minutes or and then go down to 25 and then 20 like you can you know, there's some wiggle room, and maybe if you just ignore it, at least you have a reminder like, hey, I've already been looking at it for 30 minutes today. You know, um, just a little reminder of something like that. So I think there's so many things like that that we can do, but I don't think social media is a bad thing. I think that we make it a bad thing when we make it about ourselves. But I do think that if you don't set guidelines, it can be uh, destructive, and I do think it can be dangerous for guys, especially, and women, too, just for comparison and stuff. But I do think guys compare themselves too. Um but yeah, I think just seeing who you follow, trying not to get so caught up in looking at your explore page, setting setting guidelines, setting time limits, delete it every now and then if you have to. Um but yeah, I don't I don't think social media is a bad thing. I think it can be great for impacting people, being positive, uh being a light in the darkness, sharing the gospel. Um but I think it was when you make it all about yourself and you start comparing lifestyles, that's when it can get dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's with anything in life, like it's important for us to have balance and parameters and guidelines and different things. Guys, I told Christian that this podcast would be 30 minutes long and we're just way over that. So I'm sorry, but I, I do I have nothing to do today. <laughs> okay. I've got like one one and a half more questions that I have to ask. Going back to the four A Men podcast, just looking at some of these guests. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but just any any major highlights from maybe it's one of the guests or maybe something that you've learned or somebody that you got to meet. I just am curious if there's anything that stands out.
1: Great question.
0: I really do love the one that I just did with Rich Wilkerson Jr.
1: He said something really cool. He said, um, like, he's gotten to a place where he works out for sanity, not for vanity. And I thought that tagline was so cool of, like, we're all busy. We all have lives. We all, uh, you know, have things that we get caught up in. And having an outlet that you can go – um, you know, kind of let off some steam or just be in alone time or whatever, however you want to look at it. It's um, so using that time just for your, for your sanity, you know, just to be a healthy individual and not just use that to feel better about yourself or to, to you know, and to, to do it in vain and just to feel like you look better in the mirror or, you know, girls think you have a six pack or whatever. So I really love that quote. And plus that, that conversation with him just really felt like, it, or that podcast really just felt like a conversation. I almost kind of just forgot, like I was interviewing him for a little bit just cause we just, it was just such an easy conversation. Um, so that one was uh, super, super good. Marcus, the was really cool. He was kind of difficult to interview, honestly, cause I felt like his, like I would just say something and he was just like, he would say something completely like off of what I'd said, which it made me laugh so hard, but his was just super cool. You know, just getting to, Interviewed former Navy SEAL and who's had such a crazy life story, but also someone who still is a faithful and loves Jesus. Tim Tebow's was great. Rich Fronings was awesome this past season. Craig uh, Rochelle's was great. Uh, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, I had some pretty heavy hitters. Connor Smith, the country singer, had an awesome episode. Sadie's episode was great as usual. Rich Wilkerson and then John David Owen, I had him in person. He was also one of my favorites. We just had a great, just a great conversation. It was right after a mentor retreat that we had done. So I'd say John David and Rich Wilkerson were uh two of my highlights probably.
0: That's awesome dude. I, I bet you're learning so much and it's just fun to listen to y'all's conversations. But I know how you wrap up a lot of those podcasts. You've got like a fitness challenge and and sometimes a a faith challenge. So I kind of think that I have to like do that to you. Like I feel like we have to end oh. that way. I may, I, may, okay. I I don't know if you're prepared for this, but I might put you on the spot for like a challenge for. Both well, things. I am, I am 100% not prepared for it.
1: Um Uh-oh. <laughs> I really like it. I I, I'm I'm pulling my phone out for a second because I I have, I have some good workouts, but spiritually a spiritual challenge, man, I always just challenge people to go read the book of James. Um, I don't know why. That's just always been my go-to if I'm in the gym or if I'm just traveling, I'm like someone, you know, is struggling in their faith. I'm like, just go read the book of James. I just love it. I think it's so practical. Um, that, 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 that book just always speaks to me. We named Honey's middle name after the book of James cuz it's my favorite book. Um, you know, he's the uh he's Jesus' brother like but he also didn't believe. It's just he it's just such a crazy story. Like, his brother was literally the son of God, but also God. And he didn't believe it until until he was resurrected and then he gave his life to following him. But it's just I don't know. It's something about him and just thinking about growing up in the same household as Jesus and like, you know, thinking he was crazy for like saying the stuff he was saying, like, I don't know, but he also just has so many just awesome things, you know, faith that, that works is dead. Um, you know, just all the, all, all the, um, it's all the different verses about, you know, consider it pure joy, consider it pure joy to face many trials. Like there's just so much richness in that book. And it's, it's, it's a short book. It's not like, it's going to take you forever to read it. You know, you could literally read it in one afternoon if you wanted to. Um, but that's my, that's my spiritual challenge. Read the book of James. Uh, I just love it so much. And I'm trying to find where's this spirit, this uh, physical challenge.
0: I've got a fitness one in the meantime. So Christian tried to run a sub five minute mile and a 500 pound back squat in one day. I challenged somebody to just do one of those. And I think you'll realize how impressive it is because there's very, 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 very few people that can even do one of them. So that's well, my challenge.
1: Uh, that that might be a five-year challenge, uh, Anthony. I don't I don't know if you can really you know put that on the spot for people right now because that uh, there's going to be a lot of challenges before. Uh, yeah. But, uh, here, here's a good one. So this is this is a workout I love to do if, if we're traveling or if we're on the go. It's a five-minute AMRAP, which basically just means five minutes, as many rounds as possible. Uh, And it's 21 sit-ups, 15 dumbbell floor press, which basically just means, you know, you're laying down and you're benching, but your elbows aren't going below parallel. Uh, And then nine pull-ups. So 21 sit-ups, 15 dumbbell floor press, nine pull-ups. You rest 90 seconds after that, and then you do it for three rounds. Um, So it ends up, like, being, like, a twenty two 21 minute workouts it's not super long it's not super difficult either um yeah so 21 sit-ups 15 dumbbell floor press nine pull-ups rest 90 seconds three rounds uh do as many rounds as as those as you can do in five minutes and i think it'll
0: be a super good one it's one of my favorite workouts guys we make time for what we want to do if you say i don't have time to work out you, you got to be able to find 20 21 minutes 22 minutes to do something like that it's a great challenge right there Christian, I kept you way longer than I said I would, but it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you you so much for coming on. I told
1: you I had nothing to do today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, man.
0: All right, folks, time for your action steps. Number one, set big goals and boldly declare them to other people. If you share them with others, there's a way higher chance of you actually accomplishing them. Two, have boundaries with social media. You know exactly what you need to do, but hey, I'm right there with you. You can do it. Three, be proactive instead of reactive with your life. Just think about how Christian was preparing ahead of time for when he knew, Sadie he would share that they were dating and probably a larger platforming stage would happen for him, which it did. And I just love to see how he was thinking ahead of time and getting mentorship and advice before having that moment. So often in our lives, we're just reactive instead of proactive. Four, this is from Christian. Read James. Promise you're not going to regret doing that. And then five, His challenge, his physical one, is an AMRAP of 21 sit-ups, 15 dumbbell floor press, 9 push-ups. You do that for 5 minutes, and then you do that 3 times. You got this, guys. It's time for you and me to wake up and lead. I'll see you next week.